everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Longcast. It is time. It is time, ladies and gentlemen. I have another repeat offender on the podcast, and it is Andrew Cow. Uh, I cannot wait, or I couldn't wait for this episode to come out. Um, uh, Andrew and I are super close. Again, I, like I said before, if you guys haven't uh, heard the first episode I did with Andrew, it was a lot of fun. Um, I've known Andrew, again, since he was really young, so <laughs> since he was... Uh, really young, actually, since he was in elementary school, and I, we've grown up together, and uh, we're we're really close, and he's a close friend of mine. So we can just sit down and kind of talk about everything, and just kind of go on whatever the topic is. Which is why I always love having Andrew around because he really just forces me to focus and be better, and <laughs> really just be present and work on um the things that I have to talk about. Because Andrew wants to go in depth into everything, just like I do. So. Uh, we always bounce off each other really well, and I was really glad to have him on again. Um, it was fun because this time it was a bit different because Andrew, uh, he has now gone through a full year of college, and the first time um, was just after a semester, I believe, and then he came on again, or he had just finished his first year. And now he is having a bunch of different experiences and the way he has to navigate that and all of those aspects of his life, and uh, especially at this time period in college. Uh, like the beginning of college. So it's really exciting to have him on and talk about those things and talk about what it's like going to Carnegie Mellon. Uh, He's killing it out there because Andrew is a super genius in my mind, or compared to me, at least he's definitely a super genius. So I love having Andrew on because he he forces me to be smarter and focus more. And I really like it. And uh, one thing I try to do is really surround myself with these people that, um, that really force you to think about things in a different way. My brother's one of those people. Andrew's definitely one of those people because he's so creative and uh, so out there and just that's the type of person I'm attracted to, to have in my life because uh, he just, again, like I said, if we're talking about any type of problem, he'll tell me how to apply that problem or different ways of looking at it that I wouldn't have thought about before, which is again, why Andrew's one of my favorite people to talk to. And I had him on the podcast again, obviously. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, one thing I learned that from this is that because I have an Andrew on uh, or someone that I'm really close with and someone I'm really good at talking to and having just sit down and kind of go on everything, I'm going to have to start getting this studio ready <laughs> and get a, a notebook ready because I'm going to have to start writing things down because we want to go down the rabbit hole of everything. And we just want to talk about every avenue and explore every avenue. So it'll be nice to have that all set up, which is something I learned from this podcast. But uh, again, it was a ton of fun. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy. Thank you for tuning in. Without further ado, uh, here is Andrew Cow on the podcast again. We talk about a bunch of VR this time, and uh, we just have a good time talking about school. All right, guys, without further ado, Andrew Cow, round two. Thank you, guys. Enjoy. I mean, there's a bunch of topics I want to talk about. Yeah, the but first just thing, give one like no introductions. Jumped right into but it. I'm I I'm already recording. Yeah, well, still just jump right in. <laughs> okay, we're jumping right in then. Yeah, Andrew, I want to know what you thought about VR. Okay, well, I'm just gonna say, do first you want me to describe my like experiences and then how I think it will impact the rest of humanity? I actually. I'm really fascinated how you think you think it's going to impact the rest of humanity because I think it's going to have a huge impact myself. But I do want to hear what you said. I want to hear the beginning of that and then how it will affect it and like your experiences and how like how would you describe it? Because I'm blown away by it. I've talked about it on the podcast before. So I think for me, using VR was 
it was a be- it was a way to look into how I process reality, if that makes sense. Yeah. So beforehand, I and I'm not sure if you had the same thought, but I was thinking, hey, I know it'll be like it'll look virtual reality, but I'll know that it's all just a game. Yeah. Like I'll know I'm in the simulation. Yeah. But then when you put it on, your brain just does something. It just works with it. Yeah. And then even though I knew it was in, I was in the simulation. It still felt like reality. Yeah. In that sense. It's much like how in the dream, mm-hmm. fucked up shit is going on, but you, but you don't realize that it's a dream. You yeah. think it's reality. That then, was VR. And it's really funny too, because when you wake up, you're like, oh, I, I can look back on that and go, yeah, that was a dream. Yeah. You know, and in VR, you can go, oh, yeah. When you're not in it, you go, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what VR is. You know, it has some issues. It's not perfect. Yeah. But, I think it's kind of what you said when your brain is in there. It's like, fuck it. I'm, I love this. Yeah. I absolutely love this. Be- the way I describe it is the same way mm-hmm. as what you were saying, actually. The first time I ever played VR uh, was at a friend's house of mine. And um, it was on PlayStation 4 VR. And I got an Oculus for Christmas. So <laughs> much different, you know, in uh, pay grade. So I remember playing the PlayStation 4 uh, VR. And it's just, I was so blown away i was like this is the most low-res graphics i've ever seen we played the grocery shooting game where you have to protect your um protect the checkout lane from fruits it's hilarious and i remember just thinking this is so bad looking but this is the most amazing game i've ever played (laughs) because you can throw the guns you can point at them and shoot them so that was the very first thing is i was just so blown away by it and your brain just doesn't even care like something so simple and like a stupid idea protecting a grocery line and like it was just you're blown away by it because Mm -hmm. it was something different presented differently yeah it was just incredible how they were able to just take it to that level even yeah and i would i thought we were almost nowhere with virtual reality because i i read a fair amount of fiction i just i really enjoy fiction and i did read um what was it ready player one oh god ready player one and i i no offense to anybody, but I, I was not particularly a fan. Um, but I, I did read the whole thing. It was kind of it was kind of funny book. And uh, in the it not completely funny. It was kind of serious. But before getting into that, we don't even have to get into that. Uh, the all the VR in it uh, is really really high end, where everybody can interact with each other. It's basically living your life almost in vr all the time they don't even live real lives people work on vr people go to school in vr they have a whole government system of vr it's incredible now i was like oh yeah we're nowhere near that and that's what virtuality is going to be eventually but we're nowhere near that and when i put it on i was like man i I, we're still not near that but that was crazy that was nuts so that that felt like if you put me in like an mmo i would love that mmo with my friends i think yeah you know what i mean i imagine once it's able to be put on either computers get better for cheaper right yeah and so more people can get it or they can make virtual reality run better on like poorer equipment or whatever you know what i mean so which i don't even know is possible is that like i don't know if that's more your brother's field of study i can give a couple of ideas but that's another that's that's another topic yeah and so if you can just get everyone to start playing VR, there's going to be this whole generation, really, that people I think that are just going to be a VR all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like you're just looking at me like you're like, yeah, that's exactly right. That's what's going to happen. Well, 
see, this goes on to you said at first we were going to share our experiences oh, and yeah. then how we think it's going to impact the future. I kind of skipped ahead. I'm sorry. That's nah, all good. I mean, I share my experience. You already yeah. shared yours, or mm-hmm. you're still in the process of sharing it. Are yeah. you finished? No, I'm done. You can go. Okay, man. <laughs> Andrew, you're the only one who would call me out like that. Yeah. <laughs> I well, love it. <laughs> I'm just saying that I, first off, I don't want to go that like dystopian Black Mirror route of everyone's just going to be in VR all the time, like yeah. humanity's wasted away. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go all the way down that road. Yeah. So I'm going to try to think of like everyday situations in which mm-hmm. VR can be helpful. And oh. one thing I think is actually going to be very helpful is it might help PTSD somehow. I think so. You think so? Yeah. How would that help? Like I, I, I can kind of see what you're saying. I'm having struggle, struggle, um, visualizing what that would actually look like. I definitely think it can, but like, what, what were you saying? So a possible treatment with VR, and yeah. I'm not sure if this is fully psychologically accurate, yeah. but so work with me here. Yeah. But imagine like a PTSD soldier and after a lot of gunfire, loud yeah. noises, he could attribute yeah, yeah. to violence. Mm-hmm. So what they do is that they put him in the VR environment where he's in like a normal room and yeah. then they play a loud sound yeah. and it's like nothing happens. So then if you do that a couple of times, the brain will be like, oh, a loud sound no longer means yeah. violence, violence, violence. Yeah. But the things that like a VR will make it easier in order to put them in that like mm-hmm. potentially trigger, like give them that trigger yeah. in the controlled environment where they're not in any harm. It can make that easier to do. Yeah. I wonder how good, v- how good do you think VR would have to get to help with that? Because that's, that seems like a pretty serious issue, you know? Yeah. Like that's definitely a serious topic. So how good would it have to get to where you could actually prescribe it to people that way and then they'd have to then be able to have access to it all the time? Unfortunately, that's not within my expertise because that's more of like mental health and how the brain will work. And I don't know anything about that um, Mm -hmm. in any detail at all. So I'm not sure how good VR will have to simulate reality in order to have psychological benefits. Yeah. The things that we're seeing, like, psychological benefits of happiness from playing Mm -hmm. VR at, like, this level of quality. So, if it was the same level, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm -hmm. But if it had to be, if VR had to be of higher quality, more realistic, better rendering, I could also see that, too. Because, like I said, triggers are much more of a serious mental Mm -hmm. um, impact. Yeah. That's definitely, like, a fascinating issue, too. I was also wondering, like, how not realistic with just that sound have to be like the actual physical environment, but you're already pretty convinced when you get in there. Yeah. I definitely feel like sometimes there is the table in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or I try to guess where the table is and I have no idea where I am in the room that happens sometimes. Yeah. And especially now, cause you can just walk around in it. I like, I can't wait to try it with all four sensors. Oh, that would be pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. But no, I see what you mean. It's like your brain is in this weird two part world where, Mm-hmm. You know that, hey, I can't move around that much because there's yeah. a table, there's a wall. Mm-hmm. But you're also in the virtual world. You're like yeah. interacting with the environment. Like yeah. you see a car in the virtual world, yeah. you will physically duck, mm-hmm. even though that's like the, your the, your brain processes two mm-hmm. different physical environments yeah. and merges them into one. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, and it's that's a pretty interesting mm-hmm. effect that I also have felt while okay. I was playing VR. Yeah, I think uh, it's almost overwhelming in a way. Like, I, I your brain almost can't process all of it sometimes uh, because I'll be the, the way you move around in VR is much different 
than moving around in real life. In VR, you can stay in the same position and then you can shoot a laser beam basically that goes and it lands as a circle. I'm describing this for, I know you know what it is, Andrew. <laughs> Andrew's looking at me like I'm talking to him like he's a kid. See, no, I'm actually smiling because mm-hmm. earlier um, or I said that the reason you explain better is because you know when to give context. I will skip. <laughs> I will skip over movement in VR because yeah. I will just assume the user already knew that. Well, I appreciate like it. We were hanging out earlier, that. so we just we had to do the podcast again. But um, yeah. yeah. So the way you move in VR is that you shoot that laser beam out, and the circle lands, and then you can essentially just point the joystick in whichever way you want to face, and you'll f- just face that way. That I can kind of get the hang of, but then all of a sudden you add in Robo Recall, which is an insanely difficult game when you get to the harder levels it's it's a first person shooter but in vr it's so hard but it's so satisfying and you can do it it, with all of that going on i feel like your brain is almost like i I don't know let's just jump over there and hope we figure it out there's definitely been moments where i think the reason is because your brain is being put into an environment where like so much is going on like i don't think in real life i ever had a situation where 12 objects were flying towards me whether they be like thrown objects as a joke or out of harm i never had that situation where all those things were flying i mean i had to calculate i guess the physics of mm-hmm. everything to know how to be alive so the problem is that robo recall is that when you're in that you're just being like come, your brain has so much information it has yeah. to work with that kind of just temporarily shuts down you just kind of panic and try to run away from everything it's pretty fascinating actually by the way how did you like robo recall because I we could we could transition to talking about the game. Um, I kind of want to talk more about the psychological okay, we'll hit effects of it. But no, definitely we will talk about the game later. But I'm more of a go with that mental, with yeah, mental yeah, topic. No, but sorry, me. You, what were we talking about again? No, like, I was the fact that um, I wanted to say real quick how fascinating, uh, how many options they gave you compared to a normal video game. That's why like, I wanted to ask you about how uh, what you thought of the game, because think about it. Um, you can actually grab each individual bullet. You can throw it back at them. You can also grab a gun from your holster, a gun from the top of your, like, on your back. And you can do that with both hands. You can also grab the enemies. You can also rip them apart, jump behind them. I feel like, when do you have that many options and yeah. to do on the fly like that? Yeah, and when you have all those options just right there... Like you do do you do just want to run away from it all and just like hide and but I think that sooner or later as people I've play tried. more and more VR the brain will adapt to being mm. used to having a bunch of stuff worrying yeah I um, try to try everything before running away I feel like such a baby when I have to run away in Robo Recall yeah I try to grab every single bullet I try to it's so there's just so much to handle I know it was definitely like much like how you could probably improve reaction time. I think you can improve your brain's number yeah. of things it has to worry about. It'll improve your multitasking, yeah. I guess, in in terms of spatial awareness. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see whether or not people can start doing work in VR. I wonder if there might even be people who could probably do some sort of work in VR. You know, because uh, not even just like a, a VR job. But let's say you wanted to do work on the computer. Um, I've done this thing where I go into my room, the Oculus room or whatever, and you can just take as many, uh, what is it, tabs of Chrome. And you can just place them so you can see all of them at once. So you have more than one monitor pretty much. Yeah. Like I wonder if 
I wonder how good Vito, how good does it have to get to where people can do that? Because I was sitting there thinking, I was like, I'm, I could definitely do work like this. This would be fun. You know what I mean? Well, first, this goes back to our original topic of like, what are some applications, applications of VR yeah. that doesn't go the full dystopian route? Mm-hmm. And I think that something that is interesting you said is that it can make communicate face to face communication not like easy, not like easier, but a mm-hmm. different way of doing it. Like you pull on VR helmet, the other person puts on the VR mm-hmm. helmet, you see each other in VR. Yeah. Um no, but going back to how it works in the workspace environment, yeah, I can definitely see that too. Yeah. Because it does it can increase productivity being yeah. able to arrange information how you want to observe it in like a 3D space. Mm-hmm. It can also help because um think think like people that work with their hands. Yeah. It will be easy um I'm trying to think of an example. Uh, crane workers. When crane workers yeah. have to control a crane, they have to look at, like, work on the skill of, like, looking at from a certain view mm-hmm. in the seat and how yeah. to control their hands using the levers. Yeah. But using VR, you can give them, like, a different way of controlling a crane, yeah. which could make it easier for some people. You could also make it safer because you could make it remote then. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you could do on really tall skyscrapers and have them operate cranes from up there. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I when see. They, when they're constructing things. And I also heard that um, this is probably what they're going to end up doing soon. I, I forget if I heard this on NPR or where I heard it, but it was that they're going to start automating truck driving, which because uh, automated cars eventually are just going to drive better than humans all the time. It, it's just that's how technology is going to go. You know what I mean? It's yeah. going to end up being that good. And what they were going to do is for just highways and everything like that where you could have really, really dangerous accidents because truck drivers could fall asleep because they're driving it like really – it's like – really bad job times basically you got to work from like all night just drive all day for hours and hours and like it's not a a good it's not good because you could like i said fall asleep and so they're going to just automate that and then when it gets to the city driving they would just vr them in into the uh into the truck and just remotely control it from there yeah Mm -hmm. and that's just it just seems like it can do so many things really well and I, it is fascinating all the applications we're going to have from it. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, this is something that is going to be very interesting because I feel like with VR, mm-hmm. there, there you have the primary effects, but you sort of like have secondary effects, which yeah. can also impact how it affects society. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why I think it's very hard to gauge mm-hmm. what um what will change about society. Yeah. after VR comes out. Yeah, real quick though. Real quick, as we're we're starting to hit the end of the VR discussion. Yeah. This is Andrew. For for those of you who don't know, Andrew is a very close friend of mine. We're 15 minutes in now. But um, for those of you who haven't heard the other podcast with Andrew or just listened to the podcast for the first time, Andrew is a close friend of mine. He grew up with me. And he is on again as a repeat offender. It's a repeat offender to the podcast. And how I know you wanted to talk a little bit about school, too. Like, oh, how is school going? Okay, so because you had seemed much more mature and trying a bunch of new things last time you came back from school, it was really fascinating. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, one of the reasons why I wanted to do a podcast is because I took a semester of uh, at college, mm-hmm. and that one semester has probably changed me more than all the freshman year, maybe even all of um, high school. Yeah, and, and for, that's a really influential like development time. Is yeah, that like eighth to. 
probably 10th-ish grade. Probably. Mm. I was always very introverted, like, mm. in general. I mean, everyone did know me because I like to act silly or speak in a very certain way in class. Yeah. So everyone did know me. But I didn't really know anyone else. I was at, okay. I was at like, friend of a friend of a friend type of guy. Yeah. Where instead of, like, being the friend part. Yeah. You weren't just going around, like, kind of talking to everybody. Was, yeah. You had a very select group of friends. Like, I had that, too. Uh-huh. And I was okay with that because I had a very close group of friends. I mean, I have Lucas, you, of yeah. course. But then cool. I also have your brother mm-hmm. and all of his friends. Mm-hmm. And we were some of the closest groups of friends ever in mm-hmm. the sense that, like, if those guys messaged me at 1 o'clock in the morning, it was like, hey, Andrew, like, come hang out with us. And I had, like, a test the next day. Or like maybe not a test, but like some homework due the maybe next senior, day. Maybe senior year test yeah, or something. Maybe yeah. something like that. I will have been like, dude, I will be there right away. Yeah. I mean, well, to me that's close. I'm not sure. Maybe everyone does that. Mm-hmm. No, but they were a really close group of friends. So yeah. I was okay with not being too. I was okay with being a very strong introvert. I yeah. had mm-hmm. a close group of friends. It was really comfortable. I could hang out. With. I feel that. Yeah. When you go to college, you don't have that close group of friends anymore. <laughs> That insecurity bubble is, yeah, it just blows up when you get to college because all of a sudden you got to refine everything that you knew for four years or even before that because you grew up with these people, you know. Yeah. So then I was there, and I guess it took a year for basically the shock to set in because I was still living my introverted lifestyle. Yeah. But I was became much more of an introvert because I didn't have someone to message me, yeah. "Hey, Andrew, let's hang out." Yeah. So that first year, I was a pretty lonely year you hit for me. your stride this year. You hit your yeah. stride. So mm-hmm. the thing is that you can't live life as a introvert like me, like I did. Mm-hmm. I mean, we humans are social species, yeah. so you need to get to know people. I had to develop those skills. Mm-hmm. So that's why that semester, I decided to join four, maybe five different clubs yeah. and like try to meet a lot of new people, mm-hmm. do a lot of different stuff. Yeah. And it, I, doing so, I have changed a lot. Yeah, I could I could see that for sure because you just have to interact with so many people, like you said. And I I just want to say that I called this. I said this was going to happen. I If anyone had asked me, I always said, I think Andrew would join a club. I could totally see him join multiple clubs. I could even see him joining a fraternity when other people are like, no, he's introverted. I said, no, this is how Andrew's going to look at it. He's going to go, oh, well, I'm at school. And I've got to make new friends, so I should go and make new friends. So I'll do a bunch of different things and make new friends. Like, it, it just makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so I called this, yeah. I think it's hilarious that you actually ended up doing it. I'm glad. Because you, you seem to really like it, even though you're really busy, right? Oh, yeah, no. I, I had weekends where I was awake for the whole 24 hours, plus, like, 12 hours of one day and then 12 Jeez. hours of the previous day. That's a college dorm life. Yeah, because I had to pretty much all these contributions i had to not contributions of commitment i had to all these different clubs and mm-hmm. organizations so i was definitely really busy yeah was it exhausting it was so so exhausting mm-hmm. i i'm i was so burned out during like the last yeah. two weeks of college i spent one day in bed just the whole time because i literally could not find the energy to get out of bed yeah it, i feel like you're generally not like that like some days you'll sleep in and get your nap in but yeah you uh for i've known andrew since he's like since you've been in what second grade or something yeah yeah so so like um you like to nap every now and then but then 
you also eventually you get up and you want to do something. So I can tell it. <laughs> that's a dang. You must have been exhausted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what sucked was that the next day I didn't I didn't do it for the whole day, but I still did it for like until four o'clock because. And when I got out of bed, it wasn't because I was rested. It's just because yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. I you I have to get out of bed sooner or later because I can't yeah. keep living like this. Do you so, ever worry that you're gonna have to cut back? Um, not really, because mm-hmm. I already had like a plan for like priorities, what I would cut in order to make time, what I wouldn't cut. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not too worried. I'll be. It's more. Of, it'd be more of an annoyance because it's like, oh god, dang it! Now I have to like temporarily leave that part of my life. And then come back to it later. So it's a temporary yeah. annoyance, but it's not something I, I will lose sleep over. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, no, that's really good because it, it's, you also only have this one moment like in college. Yeah. To, to live it like that. I know uh, Gary V. Um, I don't know. You probably don't know him, but I think he's the CEO of like K-Swiss and he owns the New York Jets, or, I think also. He's, he's pretty motivational. Um, he says that like... What was it? What was it? What was he saying? It's slipping my mind. If you don't say anything in 15 seconds, am I legally obligated to take the speaking time? <laughs> you can take the speaking time, Andrew. I'm trying to think. You go oh. ahead. You go ahead. Okay, then. Uh, I guess I'll go back to the college thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, having to meet a lot of different people. I had. Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of different no, experiences yeah. as a result. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, Having to spend the night in the toilet because you accidentally drank a little bit too much in yeah. front of like that group of people is like an interesting yeah. feeling. How the all jurors just like, yeah, Andrew threw up, but well, we're not too worried about it. We've seen that before. <laughs> you, uh, you've taken to the whole college life. I like it. That's good for you because I didn't really do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I always struggled because I was I was an introvert for. I'm still pretty introverted though. I don't know. It's it's difficult, but it's it's a lot of fun once you kind of accept it. Yeah. Yeah. What's your? Do you have like a favorite club or anything? I really like my fraternity Alpha Phi Omega because mm-hmm. so for those who don't know, it's a service fraternity. So we do a lot of service, and the party scene at Carnegie Mellon isn't as crazy or hectic as other colleges. I mean, we still have parties. It's also kind of surprising because Pittsburgh has the most bars per square mile or whatever, I think. In I think it's second or first most in the United States oh, no, on no. its bar strip. Here's a difference though, okay? Like that's right near you. A Penn student will go to a bar to party. CMU students go to a bar to cry because we have statics homework due the next day. Oh, no, it's no, but there definitely are parties going on, but I'm saying joke. like... That was an engineering joke. Yeah. No, <laughs> there are parties, but they're not Pittsburgh level where on the news it's going to be like, hey, there's a dead body found under here. It was probably this fraternity's fault. That's not going to happen. Like, Yeah. You know what I mean. <laughs> Some pretty drastic example. <laughs> well, you forced me to use a drastic example. No, no, no. But no. the idea is that like... so. Um, it's a service frat and being the school and the fact that it's not a social frat, mm-hmm. it wasn't too party crazy. But they did have some stuff that were s- similar to that, like a smaller party or get together. And just going to those, I had a lot of fun and I yeah. still felt mostly in my comfort zone mm-hmm. because it wasn't, I just didn't push myself too far ahead. Mm-hmm. So of all like 
the cloves. Like that's why I liked Alpha Phi Omega. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And then what are the other ones you're doing? Um, I'm also in AV Tech. Yeah. Where basically, if there's a show game put on, we mm-hmm. would set up the cables, lights, and sounds mm-hmm. for that show. And that's also a pretty fun one too. Yeah. Do you think I doesn't Carnegie Mellon do a huge senior project where you have to create something, or because I your brother graduated from there? Yeah. Are you like Are you excited? I feel like that he that's graduated, something that could be pretty ac- applicable. And then he, he graduated um, in the electrical computer engineering department. Yeah. I'm not sure if they do that or if it's all the engineering oh, okay. schools. Mm-hmm. It might have been specific to his department. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not completely sure. Mm-hmm. No, but I'm in. Um, sorry, what were you saying before that? No, I was asking. Like, do you have a um one of the? Do, what are the other fraternities that you're in? You're in the AB Tech one. Oh yeah, AB Tech. So that's what that does. Yeah, I'm in Apex Buggy, mm-hmm. and that's because at CMU every spring we have the Spring Carnival. Yeah, and one of the events at the carnival is buggy racing, where you take homemade buggies with a driver inside, and mm-hmm. you just try competing a race. Yeah, and there are a lot of teams. There are a lot of clubs whose entire purpose is to build a buggy and win the race in spring. Okay. So I'm a mechanic for that club too. Mm-hmm. I'm also in. How you guys, you think you're going to do well? I think so. Yeah. I mean, our club isn't as serious. It's mm-hmm. much, is a bit more chill, but there are a lot of like talented people in the club. Mm-hmm. So I think I wouldn't be surprised if we do manage to pull something very. Nice, like first or second place. Mm-hmm. Does Carnegie Mellon get? Are, are there a lot of competitions that are like that? And then does Carnegie Mellon get a lot of those awards? Because your school is one of the most was is one of the highest schools for that stuff, right? Yes, um, I can think of I can think of several events. One was DARPA. There's a military organization I think that wanted to test self driving vehicles. Mm-hmm. Carnegie Mellon was one of the people they asked to compete along with a lot of other tech colleges or companies. I think Carnegie was second or third in the 2007 DARPA challenge. I'm not completely sure though. So someone's going to have to fact check me on that. (laughs) No, but then that was like one thing that we went to. I believe Elon Musk talked about his wind tube design. He like made that competition. Carnegie Mellon, I believe also participated in that. Okay. Yeah. And then we, yeah, Carnegie Mellon, since we have a lot of like engineering students, one of the best, best things you can do is on hand experience. Okay. So that's why the school does show up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like they, you guys are a prestigious school for it. So I feel like you take a lot of them. What do you think makes, we'll, we'll get back to the other clubs you're doing, but I'm kind of fascinated is what do you think makes the difference between what your group of students can do and build compared to other schools is it just the how the students are taught or uh is it like the talent that is at carnegie mellon or like i'm I'm curious like how that talent concentrates itself and you guys i'm just going off the assumption that you guys win a bunch of these things because again like your school's really well known for it yeah i see what you mean there's there are ways of teaching like certain topics where it can affect how a person will approach a problem. Okay. I guess um, a good analogy is that um, well one math an- analogy because I just love math. Keep going. Would be like if I you taught it. someone 
um geometry geometry and algebra are closely related to each other by the cartesian field right okay. that's the that's the graph where it's like you just have a x-axis and a y-axis mm-hmm. so that's like the connection between those two topics if you were to teach uh, okay. if you were I to teach the now. cartesian graph in terms of like it more of a geographic geo geo what's the word geographical no no the math oh my, geographical ge- oh my geometry gosh. if you were to approach it in the geometry sense a person might look at the Cartesian field differently yeah. from a person who was taught it in an algebraic sense. Yeah. And what I mean is that what I think of the Cartesian field, I think very heavily of like functions. Yeah. That means something with that means something with like an input and an explicit and only one output. Yeah. However, some person who was taught it using geometry might think of it more as like shapes. That means you can have like these lines on top of one another there can be like more in there can be more output for one input because you're not really do- using a function per se okay. a good example is that for anyone ha- that has taken algebra 2 do you remember conics me yes x, x squared and y squared okay yeah i remember x squared and y squared and you remember I, 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 i'm gonna be honest i don't remember all of the, the names for things yeah well have you ever learned why all those formulas the hyperbola, the um, oval, the circle, mm-hmm. and the parabola, why they were all related. Yeah, yeah, I've wondered. I'd, but I, you tell me, please. Okay, then. So if you are if you guys are listening to this on a computer, I want you to Google <laughs> Connex and go to Wikipedia because it has a nice image. Okay. I'm going to describe it to you, Lucas. Mm-hmm. You take two ice cream cones, right? Okay. Put them point to point. So you oh, okay. form like a like an hourglass shape. Yeah, hourglass shape. Mm-hmm. If you were to pass a piece of paper through it, any orientation, any like direction, you will get one of those four functions: a circle, an ellipse, a parabola, and a hyperbola. Okay. And see. Oh, so if you like cut, yeah, like if a you were to cut it. it, yeah, uh huh. That section that is cut, and then so if you. What what he's saying is that uh, this is because I had trouble trouble visualizing it. Sorry, is um when you cut the paper through it, uh-huh. and let's say you had ink on it, and then you took the paper away, it's the mark that is left. So you would always get an oval, circle, or what were the other shapes? Or, a parabola and parabola. hyperbola. Yeah. Okay. A parabola uh-huh. and hyperbola. That makes sense. Yeah. Now that's a very geometry a geometry approach because okay. they're visual visualizing shapes. Mm-hmm. A more algebraic approach would be then to like think of all those functions as, hey, they're all similar because they all have an x squared and a y squared. Okay. It's like you can oh. see how there's like if you have an x squared, a y squared, mm-hmm. and constants, you will always get one of those four shapes. Mm-hmm. Also, you have to be using elementary operations, so no exponents or logs. But you get the idea. Like yeah. since the, all those equations have those same um similarities and that's see how that's like a algebraic approach to the cartesian to like that problem of yeah conics i'm kind of following you yeah it's difficult for sure (laughs) no i i was never that great at math that's why i was scared but you can see geometry Mm -hmm. they imagine two cones algebra they look at the functions and like look at how the similarities between all the functions okay two different approaches one visual one more math based and that that all uses the same Cartesian plane. Yeah, yeah. So it uses what what the the plot that everybody yeah. uses your basic math plot. Yeah. So I think going back to our original topic of 
CMU. How do they teach us differently? Yeah. I think what they teach us some problems, they teach us to approach in a very creative yet mathematical way of looking at it. Yeah. Now, I can say math for certain because CMU is a very math-driven school. Okay. Now, a, a very math and computer-heavy driven school. Mm-hmm. A good example is that all engineers have to take a computer science class it is mandatory unless you skip out using AB credit. Mm-hmm. In um in one of the philosophy I took a philosophy class in one of their um I in one of their liberal arts school. I forgot which college specifically. Yeah. What was the fir- first things we learned in that philosophy class? Math. Math. Logic. Yeah. Sets. Cardinalities of sets. Infinity. How to prove infinity. Mm-hmm. All in the philosophy class. And that was joking because I had taken a math class, uh, math class earlier that was all about the concepts of yeah. mathematics. And I was like, Ah, uh, dude, I want to be done with that class. I yeah. signed up for philosophy, and I got that class again, basically. <laughs> so Carnegie Mellon is definitely a very math-driven yeah. I school. I guess it kind of make, but there's also that interesting fact that just overall, isn't there a lot of math-based stuff that you can actually apply to philosophical concepts? Or yeah. Or you can look at math in a very philosophical way. Math is logic, yeah. and a big part of philosophy, since it's like the field of reasoning, yeah. uses, has to use logic. Yeah. Yeah. And then I know CMU is a very creative school because our school of fine arts is very hard to get into. I believe it has a less than 10% acceptance rate. Oh, wow. Yeah, huh? Mm-hmm. It is very hard to get into. And I've seen some of the work produced by the other students. It is very well made, very well thought out, very yeah. creative. Like, I cannot, I cannot see myself ever thinking in that term in that raw creativity okay. that I cannot like go into that field or mm. but they somehow I'm not sure if they teach it or is natural to students but it, I can see like that emphasis on creativity at the school is what I'm saying yeah so mm. when they teach us some of these things the reason we join these competition is because in a competition where you're trying to make something new you want to be yeah. creative and think outside the box, but you still need to confine to like reality. So you have to be creative about thinking about real stuff. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So because of that, that's why CMU joins a lot of competitions. Yeah. And then they pr- uh-huh. consequently perform really well. Yeah. You need the creativity to make the idea and then the math skills to actually plan it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your courses sound. I just want to make a note of this real quick. Your courses sound infinitely more difficult than my courses. <laughs> I feel like you've taken so many more uh, just actual classes than I have when you when you have to go and say what you study. And that, that makes like a just a quick note on like the difference in education that you're getting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially like in a concentrated area where just CMU is specialized in what you're doing and you got in there for that. I think you're pushing yourself a bit too hard. I think like, okay, well, first off, you say orgochem, organic chemistry. Mm. I am horrified at the thought of organic chemistry. Normal chemistry was hard for me. I'm still horrified. Yeah. Let's be real, Andrew. We're all horrified of difficult chemistry classes. Yeah. I think some of the courses you would say would come off as hard for me as some of the courses I say will come off as hard for you. I think there's like a slightly different naming convention or context we're missing yeah. when it comes to names. So that's that's why I think like your courses were harder 
Do you think they are? And you should be proud for being able to pass. pass Thank them. you, Andrew. I appreciate the. Uh, I I appreciate it. Yeah, I just I think it's hard because I was never really into school, so it's hard to feel like it's hard to feel good feelings towards school. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like. I don't know if I could have done what you did. And you went out there and just thrown yourself into school only a year in. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean the problem was that. I think a reason why I had to do it was because that year did pass kind of quickly. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, if I just wait any longer, the four years are going to pass by. And I'm just going to have never been social in college. So I had yeah. to start right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So I guess that's why, like, I guess it's impressive. For you, it was impressive. It was after a year. For yeah. me, it was a necessity. I yeah. had to do it after a year. I'm sure. So you saw how I approached it in a very, like, I could totally rational see sense. And then... I could see how that totally all resulted in the yeah. you, where you are now. That's why I predicted that. I didn't go that deep into it. And we went, we just went deep, Andrew, on that. Yeah. We deep on that. But um, that was, that's a totally new perspective on what you're doing for your school. Are you, are you overall like enjoying it though? Yes. Mm-hmm. There's a certain pride I take. I feel in, like you like, like to work. That. You enjoy working, right? Um, you, okay. So let me describe this. You would say that you don't enjoy working, but you sit down and do math problems on napkins. Well, first off, (laughs) math problems are fun for me. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think they're fun, but I definitely never had the drive to sit there and do math problems on napkins. That's a good thing. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Andrew. Um, It was a lot of fun. Andrew, as you can tell, is a super genius to have on. And he always makes me, like I said in the beginning, talk about things that I don't really, um, or I'm not the best at talking about, or I have to really focus and kind of think about them a different way. So it was a lot of fun having them on. I hope you guys really enjoyed. Uh, Part two will be out next week. And also, if you guys want to hear more from Andrew too, in the meantime, go check out his first time on the podcast. It was a lot of fun. You can kind of see how uh, things are changing in his life and the moves he's making. So it's really exciting. And uh, I was glad to have him on. Thank you guys. And if you guys have any questions for me or for the podcast, you guys just want to get in touch or just let me know what what's up uh you can just go to all my social media all the links will be in the description or my website or whatever and you guys know where to find me you guys are internet savvy so thank you so much for tuning in guys i hope you guys enjoyed and be on the lookout for next week all right guys bye thank you bye